0: So mindfulness is really the practice of paying attention to our thoughts. You see, we think 35 to 40 thoughts a minute. Some are good, some not so good, some are painful. We could choose which ones we want to think about. I love my job. Right now, I don't work. I work once a month, actually. So once a month, I have to file, at the to, to bull insurance. That's the only, month, only day I work. Rest of the week, rest of the month, I don't work too hard. caution, you will begin to love your 9-to-5 with this show. Join us as we explore and discover your unique strengths and learn to apply them to your daily business activities with your host, Shmuel Septimus.
1: Welcome to this next episode of the Love Your 9-to-5 show. My guest today is Ari Margolis. Ari is joining us today from Lakewood, New Jersey. Ari is a mental health counselor. And is doing wonderful work there in the Liquid community. Ari, welcome to the show.
0: Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you for joining
1: us today. Now, before we get into the concept of mindfulness that we spoke about and some of your uh, professional successes uh, within the community that you work in, tell us a little bit more about yourself personally, maybe a little bit about your journey, how you got to work that was not a good fit for you to where you are right now which is a much better fit.
0: Okay. Um, I started out getting my master's in Timuric law. Again, which is not very luc- luc- lucrative. I, need to mix, I had to make, I had to make some, a living for myself. So I got a job in real estate management. Real estate management, I hated with a passion. <laughs> Every day going to work was a, was, a, was a drag. And after a year, I quit my job and my friend so nicely hired me as an intern to do marketing. While I was doing marketing, I realized to make money, I'll have to go to college. And I was speaking with my friends. They said, "I know a guy who's a career coach. Before you spend money going to college, go figure out, make the right move, right, make, make the right choice, and sleep to his career coach." So I went to to New York and I took a a personality test. I went to the career coach, and he came out to do psychotherapy. So. That's what I did. That's what I'm here today.
1: So, okay. So that's a pretty clear path of you going from something that clearly was not a good fit to something that, um, that is a good fit. And, um, what do you think was, was wrong? And that made you hate, uh, your real estate job so much. And what do you think has changed or evolved to where you are right now? That is that much more of a better fit.
0: Actually there's two parts to hitting the man on real estate. First of all, I was on the road a whole day, hanging out with people who I didn't know. There's no coffee room to, to, to no coworkers. There's no, there's no social life at all. I just, I, me, myself, and my, and my cell phone doing jobs that I particularly enjoy. And also, was not intellectually stimulating? You know, someone who has a master's in tamaric law and spent my time studying, I, this was not, you know, it wasn't satisfying for me to do such a job.
1: Okay, so you went on into the marketing uh, role. Why didn't you just uh, stay in that role if that was an opportunity that was offered to you?
0: The marketing, Cause the marketing. I wasn't making, I wasn't making enough money, and I realized, especially now with, with with internet marketing and all this type of stuff, you have to have, you have to, you have to go to college. You have to go take a real course, to figure to, to make money in the business. You can't go, you can't be fly by night. You really have to know what you're talking about. And I realized that college would be the only way to do that
1: okay now just just as a side note uh you know there's lots of uh internet marketing which you know little kids are doing because <laughs> they're uh, being extremely extremely successful yeah, you know, with social media marketing and online yeah. marketing and all that and facebook ads. the
0: difference between me and them is five years i'm 40 if you're 35 i think you i think 35 is a cutoff line
1: I don't know. I I wouldn't lock yourself into a box necessarily. Right. I see seventy-year-olds that that get right. this stuff, and I see twenty-year-olds that don't. I right, said,
0: but, right. But I wasn't born with it. No, right. I didn't have it in my house. So it's something I had to learn. It wasn't that Was unnatural.
1: Got it, got it. So again, so you realize that in order to really get uh to where you, the marketing that you had in mind, and the marketing where you see the others being successful, you would have to invest significant time and energy to get right. there. Mm-hmm. So. Once you're doing that, you want to, you know, figure out, um, you want to make sure and figure out that you're doing it in something that's the right field for you. And that's something obviously that's very reasonable. So what was the process that you went through to get to, from being in this marketing role, which kind of sort of fit, it wasn't terrible. You didn't hate it like the real estate, but to coming out with that clear, um, understanding that it was psychotherapy.
0: So I, someone recommended me a career coach that lives in in New York, so i traveled to new york first i met him once and we went through verbal like talking what what I, what I want then i went home and i did a three different tests personality tests and then went back the next week the following week i went back to bring it all together and psychotherapy was top of the line
1: now but uh, when you walked out from the final session there you know obviously you did a significant amount of work on your own and you know and also together with a career coach were were you satisfied with that result? And like, absolutely yeah, not. <laughs> absolutely not.
0: No. Well,
1: one well, second. Let me clarify my question. It's not were you happy that psychotherapy is the thing you wanted it to be, but did you feel that it was accurate and that is the right career for you?
0: I felt it was accurate, and but I was scared, because it, again, it's a lot of work. A lot of internship is, I think, seven to ten years to really make it in the make it in this business. It was scary. I mean, it's a life choice, no turning back, and a lot of money and time. And I was scared. I was scared that i will be successful.
1: Okay. So, so obviously, it's a change, and it's a big change. It's not something that you were expecting. But as far as the actual testing, as far as the actual coaching is concerned, you were convinced, oh, this is a question. Yes. Were you 100% convinced that this yes, is the yes. area? I, 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 I
0: had it in my mind to do that. I always said to myself, I wish I could do it. I never had the guts really to pull it off. And once he told me that this is, this is, is where it is for me, I know this is where I belong.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So many times, you know, people have challenges with their careers and they're not sure which direction to go in. And like you said, it's a life decision. And it's not just life decision which career you're going to be in, but also, you know, living the day-to-day life of whatever career it is that you choose. So there's two parts to the stress. Will I be successful in this career or business that I'm creating for myself? And am I in the right one? So Mm -hmm. I'm not belittling the challenge at all, but I'm just pointing out, you know, the silver lining that you being uh, convinced and confident that this is the right result takes away a big part of of the challenge as, or maybe not the challenge, it takes away part of the stress of, you know, being concerned that perhaps you're in the wrong industry and then all you need to do is just focus your effort and stop caring about what people think right. and just getting it done.
0: So yes. true. I, I think I told you before, um, I love my job right now. I don't work. I work once a month, actually. So once a month I have to file at the, at the bull insurance. That's the only, only day I work. Rest of the week, rest of the month I don't work too hard.
1: So that is, that's the goal where, you know, where we all want to be. And, you know, that's the reason why this podcast is created is to try to help our listeners get to a place where work is no longer work, 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 is, you know, really work is fun. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Tim Ferriss's book, The Four Hour Work Week, but in in his book, um, you know, the the concept that he gets to is that we have this myth and that we were fed since we're little children that we're supposed to work and pay and suffer and, And, you know, kind of, I guess, atone for our sins or however you want to look at it. And so from 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, and for many of us, it's earlier than that, and it's 24-7 or whatever it is. And then hopefully by the time you are able to retire, that's when the golden years start. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm a nursing home administrator. I see what people look like when they're in their golden years. And without being too crass, just suffice it to say that there's not that much gold going on at that, at that stage in their life. And part of the reason is because that's not normal. That's not healthy and that's not natural. We're not made, we're supposed to stop being productive when we die. We're not supposed to stop being productive at any particular age. So instead, this is really basically, I'm giving you a very short version of, of, um, of the book, but, but instead of waiting for retirement, we was just to live a life of retirement, which means, um, that instead of Working so that we can enjoy the moments when we're not working, to enjoy the weekends and to enjoy our vacations, uh, we should be creating a life for us that is complete bliss. And mm-hmm. and j- just to qualify that a little bit further, what that means is that of course there's the part that we enjoy, which is being productive in the zone, u- using our unique skills, passions, and expressing them in a productive way. And of course, everyone needs to not be productive for short periods of time in order to rejuvenate ourselves, to be able to get back to it. But to be able to say what you just said, that I don't work except for a very small portion, which maybe one day you'll farm that part out too also so that you could just have fun. One day. <laughs> one day. Uh, so, so I mean, that's a wonderful place to be.
0: I want to say that I, I really feel bad for people who don't enjoy the job because
1: there's a way out there is a way out so 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 tell us for listeners of you know of this episode people listening to this conversation right now whether it's you know in a week or a year or years down the road and they're trying to figure out they want to be able to say the statement that you just said that i don't work and i get paid to do what what for me is fun and natural expression of my talents what would you recommend just based on your personal experience, I know this. Is, you know, uh, for someone to be able to get to the point where you are right now.
0: First of all, fear, fear, and embarrassment. You take a job. All your friends know you have this job. Everyone wants to come home, tell the friends I have a great job, great boss. I love what I do. To face reality and say my job really stinks. It hurts. It hurts inside. You made you made the wrong choice when you took the job. It's embarrassing to your friends. They, to go, go to fess up that you made a mistake and no okay. fun. So realizing that it's your life, you have to make a decision a decision what's good for you. That's the first step. And second step is, like I did, find a career coach, find someone who you could talk to with an objective opinion about you and see what they say. Again, to make a decision based on the stress, based on, you know, sitting there in your office being being upset at your boss, okay, I'm changing jobs and I'm going to take another job who says that's going to be the right job for you? So you need a third-party opinion, really, about yourself. has a clear vision of you to help you help you navigate that decision?
1: Okay, so that, that is something that we see often. Um, an example that I mentioned before here on the show is someone who I interviewed who told me she was interviewing for a nurse position, but she said she was in the financial world for, I think it was 21 years, and... She hated every day of it in the process. She, you know, ruined some of her personal relationships and her her marriage. And she said that, you know, in the conversation, it was clear how passionate she was for just being a a nurse. And she blurted out like, I wish I would have done this right out out of high school. So I told her, why in the world did you not do that? Imagine if you would have done this for 21 years already, you would have been at the top of your game. You would have been so, you would have advanced so far already. And her answer was a sad reality is that her father's a banker and her grandfather's a banker and her uncles and her, you know, her whole family is different positions, not all bankers, but within the finance industry. And she was told and programmed and she believed and understood that that is where she would be successful as well. She never even knew that there was the possibility of challenging those assumptions. So I think in addition to what you're saying, that there's fear of embarrassment, sometimes we assume that the career or the life path even out of our professional path, what, what was given to us and what our surroundings and our environment and our social circle what served us and said, this is your path. Follow it. Do not veer off that path because you may discover who you really are is, you know, we, we don't challenge that. So mm-hmm. I think part of, I think in, you know, you're maybe skimming over is something else that, you know, for many people find difficult is just, even the step before the embarrassment is actually realizing and recognizing that it, there's a real possibility that just because I, I'm in this role doesn't mean I have to be here and then fessing up to it right. and facing the fear and then doing something about it.
0: There's one more thing if you do what, what you really enjoy you're, you're, you're better at it. There's no question about it you're more productive
1: I'm trying to remember the quote and I will try to find that and put it in the show notes uh, but our goal is to find the one thing that we're outstanding at and then just focus on that and do it better than anybody else. And that's yeah. how we'll find success, personal yeah. success and financial success follows. Everyone wants the best, whatever it is. And if if that's your thing, that's what you'll be the best at. Now in, in your current role now, um, as a therapist, um, what, what would you say is, you know, something, a unique message that you give over to your clients And maybe, you know, the concept of mindfulness that we spoke about earlier, maybe you can share it with us, exactly what that is, and how we can apply it to some of the challenges that we already spoke of.
0: Okay, so most, a lot of my clients come with anxiety. So let me give a little background on what anxiety is and see how it can apply it to work. Anxiety is the brain having a thought, us choosing that thought, and taking that thought for a ride. For example, your wife tells you you have to go shopping you hate shopping. So while you're in your office, your brain's taking for a ride, okay, you have to go shopping, and you have to look at parking, but the, the, the wagons won't work. the so shopping list is out of order, right? You can be running, you can be running around the store, not knowing anything is, you, lines will be done, down, lines will be forever, and you're in your office, and you're getting sweating, <laughs> and your heart's palpitating, and you're ready to call your wife and say, I'm not doing it. Now, what would've happened when the thought came into your mind, oh, I have to go shopping. You said to yourself, okay, I have a thought that I have to go shopping, but right now I choose to focus on a task at hand. So that thought of having to go shopping will never cause you anxiety because you never fuse yourself with that thought. So all anxiety really is anxiety is fusing yourself with a negative thought, taking it for a ride until it causes your aggravation. So if you're mindful of the thought, that I, I, I could see this thought coming into me, slow motion, and say, oh, I see, the, I see this shopping thought comes in, is coming in, and I choose not to think about it, I choose to I choose to pay attention to the task at hand. That's great. So back to the workplace, if you are find a computer, and all of a sudden your thought comes into your head, oh no, I hate, I hate this job. So you can sit there for 10 minutes, working yourself up in the frenzy, how you, how you hate this job, Right now, you can't do anything about it anyway. Because right now, you have this nine to five job. You're working now, so it wouldn't it make more sense to choose to do the task at hand and tell yourself, "Okay, later I'll think about it." But right now, I'm not letting that thought grow into a mountain.
1: So, I mean, the concept, which which is which is fascinating, it, it, the the way I'm processing it right now, it sounds like is really just focusing on the present. The only area that we can control right now is the present. And whatever we're concerned about happened yesterday or, or tomorrow, or a few minutes ago or in a few minutes, we cannot do anything about unless it involves doing something in the present. So if if right now, I'm, like you said, you know, if I'm at my job and it's three o'clock and I'm watching the clock and I'm thinking about how I really shouldn't be here and I really should be listening to that podcast about mindfulness on my way home from work and I have two hours to you know till I can do that um, by control realizing that there's nothing I can do right now about it and focusing on the task at hand that, you know, that could stop that process from right away. But I think, go ahead. The, the
0: catch is that we don't, know, we don't even know that we're thinking that the time we get all worked up is 10 minutes later. We do not realize how we got there. So mindfulness is really the practice of paying attention to our thoughts. You see, we think 35 to 40 thoughts a minute according to Google. Okay. Right. So we could, some are good, some are not so good, some are painful. But we could choose which thoughts we want to think about. Of, of those forty thoughts, thirty-five to 40, forty thoughts, we could choose which ones we want to think about. That's a step. The step is first to choose the thought that we a we think we could choose which thought we want to think about, and the things the things that we don't want to think about, we just let it go.
1: So this is something that's foreign to lots of people because this the the assumption for this whole concept that you just said is that this is something called controlling our thoughts uh, with it's all the choosing. information i'm sorry choosing
0: your
1: thoughts using our thoughts choosing choosing oh choosing our thoughts i see well because we're, we're used to being so many people spend so many hours of their day not so much anymore watching tv but more watching the feed of facebook or twitter or instagram snapchat whatever they're looking at and we're not used to controlling anything. It's just whatever comes in there, that's what I'm going to focus on now. And that's what I'll feel good about momentarily, <clears throat> or I'll be upset about something I agree with, something I disagree with, and we just kind of scroll and scroll until you know until we have to stop. And Obviously, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but that, that definitely affects the way that we think, the way that we operate. But what you're suggesting is something which is so um, diametrically opposed to that whole concept is that every single moment we can choose to think exactly what we want to think and if something is there that's painful we do have the ability to control if we focus on it we may not be able to solve the problem right now and the problem might be real and it might really hurt and there might be an appropriate time to express that pain and deal with it even without solving it but the choice to deal with that right now that's completely you know in our hands so that's very that's a very empowering thought right there
0: right and again the opposite is, is is to be fused with that thought and 10 minutes of, 10 minutes later wake up feeling happy about yourself not happy where you are and not being very productive then the rest of your day
1: so your job still needs to be done the job that you hate and now you're just 10 minutes further you know away from where what you should have done whatever you were concerned about the fact that you didn't like that job just again this could be i assume this could be um used for anything But in this particular context, you know, you're still in the same job and it still wasn't done. And now you're just leaving 10 minutes later. So you're you're missing something else. Now, is there any particular success with maybe a client that you had? Obviously, you can't share personal information. But is there any particular story that comes to mind of someone who came in and maybe perhaps even using this concept of mindfulness that was really in pain? and in a very, very tough situation, and through applying the concept that you're saying, uh, they were able to successfully put themselves in a different framework, maybe perhaps without solving the problem, but with it being able to cope with it.
0: Very funny you say that. I got a phone call last night, 11 o'clock at night, from an ex-client of mine to check in with me and to say, Ari, I'm good. Now, he didn't leave here good, he'll have to stay okay. But I gave him tools and tips before he left for the final session mindfulness tips and he actually did this at home practice at home they call me and I haven't seen him in a couple of months just check in with me and say Ari you're doing good I'm, I'm just, I, I want to thank you Which, that was very nice of him so when guys come in there, right, I give them small exercises that we could do throughout the day how to apply mindfulness and how to slow that slow our mind down we, so that we should be able to choose our thoughts because right now we can't our thoughts are so fast we can't even choose them. For example, I'll have guys drink a cup of coffee in the morning and I tell them, make believe this coffee costs $10,000. How fast are you drink that coffee? Where, where's your mind going to be when, when, when you drink that coffee? you can be here. I tell them, make be, believe be you a Martian and you have, to, you have to follow the report back to Mars what coffee tastes like, an experience of drinking coffee, which part of your mouth do you feel the coffee on, when you swallow, why do you choose to swallow your coffee? You're spending a whole coffee, spending a whole cup of coffee, being present with the coffee. And every time your mind wanders away from the coffee, you bring it back to the coffee, to the taste, the feeling, the experience. Not judging the coffee, you're experiencing the coffee. Now your mind's going to wander away. But you catch yourself, you catch your brain, your thoughts going away, and you say, okay, I choose not to think about that thought right now. I choose to think about my coffee. And that way it practice it's a very practical practice of getting someone to be here and now
1: so let me understand that i can i can understand the exercise and and just that would be a very simple way of actually practicing you know mindfulness exactly what you just said but is that really the way you want to experience every type of you know let's say a food or drink of it Sometimes the the actual enjoyment. This, I guess, this is the question: Is the, putting the coffee kind of su- kind of on the background and using it to be able to focus and put yourself in a mind in a frame of mind where you can be either relaxed or invigorated, depending on.
0: I don't think, I don't call that relaxed. Letting your mind escape is not. I don't think that's called relaxing. That means your mind is taking over you, and you are giving over your power yourself to your mind. Now there is a time to relax. But most times you want to be here. You want to experience life. You won't go to the beach. You want to think about your business. You want to think about your bills. You want to experience the beach. If I give you a Kit Kat, you want to experience the chocolate. You want to think about your boss. You obviously want to experience the Kit Kat. You want to experience a piece of steak. So if if you're eating steak and you're thinking about what you have to do, you're not really experiencing your steak.
1: There he okay now, I guess the question is that depending on what your goal is in the activity if your goal is to take a coffee so you're caffeinated you, and <laughs> right. you would press a button for the same right. price then right. then you don't want to experience any of that you right. just want to get you want to get it down if your goal is uh, to actually to enjoy it and if, if that's what you want and there might be times where you purposely don't want to be mindful right. of so that, but you don't want to experience it or or the experience might be the, um, just slowly drinking something naturally might slow your mind down a little bit. Right. I tell my clients, if you
0: if you want to escape by cold, just tell yourself right now, this coffee, I'm escaping. I'm going a dollar in a dream, as they say, with a lotto, right? I want. I'm drinking this coffee. I'm not being present, but I, I, I have my clients tell themselves that right now I'm not being present. So, so that was that also was a choice. I choose right now to be present.
1: Okay. Now I saying I know the point is that you're in control it's not just you're acting thoughtlessly or thinking thoughtlessly and you're actually being present in, in the entire time in t- and experiencing whatever it is now is there any I just see that you know we're running a little bit late here is there any particular book or particular resource or site that you would recommend to our listeners um, to use and to be able to implement some of the concepts uh, that we've been discussing today
0: Okay, so we'll start with the app first, right? Today, I think it's the app. Of course. The app called Headspace, where okay. you can do mindfulness exercises. I think there's a free version. It can be you have to pay for it after a while. You can do daily exercises of mindfulness, and they they help cultivate your awareness of the here and now.
1: And do you feel that that app is useful? Have you tried it?
0: Yes, I have not, because I have other resources, but my clients, I, my clients use it, and they're very What's happy.
1: Interesting. Okay. Uh, and, we'll definitely link to that in the show notes. And, and that
0: is Dr. Russ Harris. He has a book called The Happiness Trap. Okay. The happiness trap is based on based pretty much on this concept that people think that you have to feel happiness in here and now, but maybe you don't. Maybe you stop chasing your dream and live, live the here and now, you might be more happy. Okay. Excellent. So. The other one is John kabat Zinn. He's the real guru, I guess, of mindfulness. John Kibadzin. Okay. Kibadzin, I think. So he has a book called Full Catastrophe Living. These books really uh, expand on this concept.
1: Okay. I will we'll definitely link up to all these books. I'll have to add them to my reading list. Um, right. in order to really fully understand and grasp this this concept. Obviously it's it's beyond the scope of this conversation to go, you know, that much deeper into it. Now, just before we close up, just two more questions here. Um, on a day to day basis, um, like you described so clearly how in the real estate job, you hit it every moment of it and you just wish that it would not be happening. Um, what, is, what is the one thing that keeps you going now in, the, in what you're doing now with the work with your clients? Um, is there any, you know, when you come in in the morning, what is the one thing that, that makes you really, really want to be there?
0: Well, first of all, I enjoy it intellectual Challenge. Each new client is a new new challenge. Every session is a new challenge. So it makes me think. You have to think on your feet. You have to be creative. It's new and fresh every single time. Watching a client grow, some people come in there in a lot lot of pain. Just watch over time how the pain dissipates and how you see them smile. And once in a while, I get a phone call (laughs) from a client like last night, checking in with me, saying, Ari, I'm doing great. That
1: keeps me going. Amazing. I've heard that from so many people that uh, sometimes when people are not, necess- not necessarily just, it's not, it's not just the pay, but it's, or sometimes it has been people who are very high up the food chain, so to speak, and they're making millions and millions of dollars. And they don't, they almost, you know, it's almost unfortunate for them that physical things can't even bring them pleasure anymore. Right. But like, I've heard from so many different sources that it's the thank you note that they get, the phone call that they get, <clears throat> that could really keep them going for such a long time. Um, our you know, if our listeners want to hear more about you or if they want to follow you, what is the best way for them to stay in touch with you?
0: Well, I'm on LinkedIn, I remember LPC on LinkedIn. Okay, and my email is a little long, but LinkedIn will be the best way to find me.
1: Okay, well, but we'll definitely, definitely, we'll link up to that in the show notes. Okay. We'll, put, we'll put exactly where you are there, and they'll be able to learn whatever they need to know about about you there as well thank you so much Ari, for your time i really appreciate it this is definitely a deviation somewhat from what we usually do here and but although you've given us a good perspective on your personal journey and how we ourselves and our the listeners can um be able to apply some of the lessons that you learned to their particular journey, but also, more importantly, this is something that we've never discussed here before—you give them some real um, practical tools for coping along the way through this journey and any journey that they will have. So, really, thank you so much for that. Thank you. That was such an amazing episode with Ari Margolis. I really hope you appreciate the, the perspective that he brought to the table on mindfulness. You will be able to catch any of the resources or ideas or books especially that app Headspace. I really advise that you check that out. I don't get any commission for that, but it's really a very cool way of actually beginning meditation and really just being present in your life. Check all of this out at smallseptimus.com slash 36, smallseptimus.com slash 36. We're actually working on a brand new website, which will be your one-stop shop go-to resource for all of your business career development needs we'll be interviewing people in different industries really to give you an idea of what it's like to act live and breathe in those industries and to see if it's the right fit for you and even just informational for you for yourself or somebody else it's gonna be really interesting we're gonna be putting new content there every day not ready to release and say exactly where all this could be found but just so you know this is something that i'm working on until next time, we hope to see you in the next episode. And don't forget, of course, to subscribe to our show, and leave us a review, and let us know what you think about the show.